You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. Uh, I'm going to start with a testimony. When, when, uh, when Dr. Matt and Michaela asked ask me to, uh, to preach tonight, oh man, it was such a blessing. It was such a gift. And I'm going to tell you, you know, tonight we're talking about baptism in the Holy Spirit. Tonight we're talking about speaking in tongues. We're going there. We're going to go there tonight. And uh, man, you know, so I've been, I've been really pouring in. I've been studying. I've been listening to the Lord. I've been speaking in tongues more, getting ready for tonight. And, and my wife and I have been praying together. We have four kids under six years old, so little kids. And, and, uh, and my wife is explaining on Monday night, is explaining, hey, to my, to my oldest son, who's four, hey, Cullen, like, this is who the Holy Spirit is, and there's a gift that he's got, and do you want to open this gift and, and use it? And my four-year-old son started speaking in tongues on Monday night. And in the room is my six-year-old daughter, who has spoken in tongues, and her vocabulary just like tripled, and she was going after stuff and speaking in tongues in the same room as my son. And so, man, I'm just, oh, I'm so grateful. Like, this is the best blessing that I could ever receive on this Christmas season. Like, oh, so it is such an honor to be here tonight. And I'm so excited to bring what God's doing in my house just to the family. Like, you're the family. I'm excited for what he's going to do tonight. So, um, so the goal by the end of the night is I want you to feel so empowered, and I want you to be clothed in the very power and the fire of God. So to do this, we're going to kind of start in the beginning. We are going to start in the very beginning of creation where God spoke everything into being. He said, hey, let there be light, and there was light, and it, and it just happened. But then, you know, when it came to man, it was different. Something was different. In Genesis 1:26. In Genesis 1:26, it said, "Then let God, uh, then God said, let us make man in our image." So you see how it's like, oh, it's like us, like let us make man in our image. There's this trinity, there's this union. And in Genesis 2 verse 7, in Genesis 2:7 it says, "And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being." So is this, I mean, man, if God made everything in a spoken word in a moment, and yet he like took time with Adam, he, I don't know, he got his hands dirty and he was forming man and it was, it was this intimate thing. It was this relational thing where the Trinity was there and, and he's forming man and he breathes into man. And so man's first thing that he sees is God. He sees we, we have four little kids, like I mentioned. As soon as they were born, we put the baby right on mom, right on my wife. Be, why? Why do we do that? Because there's a connection that needs to form. There's a bond that happens. There's a closeness. There's a, you, hey, this baby's been made. It needs to know it's loved and protected and, and nourished. And so when Adam was made, he was like, this is my family. This is, this is I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to be bonded to you guys. The, uh, this is who I belong to. This is who I am. This is, this is who we are together in this. So, so that is my first point is that we are made for intimacy with God. 
We are made to have an intimate relationship with God. This is our design. This is, our, this is how we were engineered. We were made to the, do this. We, like Adam and Eve walked with, at, with God in the garden. They talked with him. They saw him. They conversed. I'm like, I don't know what all they did, but it was incredible. But let me tell you, there is an enemy. There is an enemy, and the enemy always comes to separate relationships, separate our relationship with God. That's what he wants to do. And guess what? He, he tempted Adam and Eve, and they sinned, and they ate the, the, the forbidden fruit. And in Genesis 3, 7, it says, Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. So, I don't know, when I read that, I'm like, well, so how did they know they were naked? Like, and what does it mean that their eyes were opened? Because they were never wearing clothes before this. So, like, what does that mean? Um, I don't know. I mean, in 1 Timothy, Paul describes the resurrected Jesus as, as living in this brilliant light. And, and so much in the Bible describes God as this incredible light, or this fire, or this brilliance, or, or, or this presence. So, so I don't know. I mean, since we were made in the image of God, since we were made in his very image, I, I think it's very possible that Adam and Eve had this presence on them. They had this light. And then when sin separated, they knew something was different. Something actually left. There was a light and a presence that left them, and they were like, this, we weren't made this way. This isn't how we're supposed to look. This isn't how we're supposed to be. There's a separation. There's something that is missing. So man, I don't, sin always tries to separate. Tries to separate our relationship with God. The devil does not want us to have a strong, healthy, intimate relationship with the Trinity. Doesn't want it. But Jesus. Oh man, we get to fast forward. And my point number two is that Jesus is our redeemer. Jesus is the redeemer. He has redeemed us. And man, uh, it would have been, it would have been oh, way more than I deserve if Jesus died on the cross for the forgiveness of my sins, which he did. That's not all he did. He actually, does, he, he, he redeemed us to be the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. He redeemed our relationship with the Holy Spirit. In 1 Corinthians 6, 17, it says, but he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Wow, the, like the veil in the temple was torn. Like the Holy Spirit no longer resided in just a building in the temple. He resides in us. If we accept Jesus into our life, we get the Holy Spirit. We are the dwelling place of the Most High God. This is how you were designed. This is how you were made to be. And Jesus does it. He redeems it. And we're able to have the Holy Spirit. Now, can I tell you, like, my own personal story, I accepted Jesus when I was about six years old. My dad's a pastor. I've grown up in the church my whole life. And I've loved Jesus. I've loved him my whole life. I, and I've, I've spoken in tongues since I was young, since I, I don't even remember when. I know I was baptism, baptized in the Holy Spirit, and I've spoken in tongues like since I could not remember, very young. But, but I, I, I'll be honest, like I did not go to a church that 
cultivated that type of atmosphere or taught about it or encouraged it or, or encouraged me to build it up or what that looks like. And so if I have to be completely honest with you, like there's things in my life that I allowed to go dormant. To like, to, to, that, there's a relationship that I did not foster that, 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 that kind of went to the, the wayside. It kind of went to the back burner because I wasn't paying it attention. I didn't know how to stir up the gifts of the Spirit. I, I mean, I, I love Jesus. I've, I've seen, I was seeing miracles. I was praying for people and there was great things happening. And I, I mean, I have the Holy Spirit, don't get me wrong. But I wasn't like on fire and I wasn't, I wasn't really like accelerating into everything that God wanted me to do. I wasn't, I wasn't raising the dead. I, wasn't, I certainly wasn't casting out demons, all part of the great commission, amen, that we're all called to do. I, I wasn't doing that. I was actually content with where I was and what I was doing. I mean, I had this hunger. I knew there was something more, but I didn't know what I, I didn't even know what I didn't know. I didn't know what I was missing. And then I came into this house like five years ago and something started stirring up in me. It started stirring up inside of me and they started talking about it and they started, people challenged me on it and started growing in things and I started stirring things up and things started happening and I started, man, it was like, it was incredible. A verse that really helped me was 2 Timothy 1.6. 2 Timothy 1.6 says, This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid hands on you. I had to start, stir, I had to start fanning that flame. I had to start fostering it and start getting it to go again. And man, God's just accelerated things. I've, I've got to raise somebody from the dead. I've got to cast out demons. I've got to, man. But I'll tell you the most, yeah, come on. But, but no, like, I, man, I would leave all of that. I would leave all of that because what I've found is this intimacy. Man, I, I, I found like the Holy Spirit and how loving he is and how intimate and how good he is and how, how much he's for me and encourages me and doesn't want me to stay like I am. And like, man, like, it was incredible. And I'll tell you, like, the Holy Spirit comes with Jesus, All four Gospels are very clear that Jesus is the baptizer. That's my my third point. Jesus is the baptizer. All four Gospels introduce Jesus. is the baptizer. So John the Baptist is baptizing people with water, and we pick up what he's saying in Matthew 3.11. In Matthew 3.11, it says, This is John the Baptist speaking. He says, I will baptize with water those who repent of their sins and turn to God. But someone is coming soon who is greater than I am. So much greater that I am not worthy to even be his slave and carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Come on. I needed some fire. Oh. So good. Jesus, Jesus receives from John the Baptist. Jesus receives the Holy Spirit. He goes on to do incredible things. And then before he goes to the cross, he says in John 14, 16, I will pray to the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth. Man, Jesus has prayed for you. Jesus has prayed for you to your Father. And, 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 and he's saying, like, I'm giving you 
And the way that the, the like Greek language and all that stuff, it describes it where he says, I'll give you another helper. It's like, I'm going to give you me. I'm giving you me again. I'm giving you the, we're one. I'm giving you the Holy Spirit. I'm give, and I'm going to be with you, and I'm going to be with you all the time through the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus is here in this room. Jesus is here in this room. Jesus, Jesus is here in this room. Can't contain it. Jesus. And Jesus being so wonderful, so loving. Jesus goes and is crucified. He's died and he's buried and he rose again. And Jesus came to his disciples as the resurrected Christ in John 20, 21. It says, so Jesus said to them, said to his disciples again, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also will send you. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. So man, the disciples are like, oh, here's Jesus. I, I, he did it. Like, I had all this doubt, but here he is. I, I, he's resurrected. I guess he, what he did worked. Okay, I'm going to receive. I'm going to believe that Jesus is the Son of God, and he, he overcame the cross, and he's alive again. And wow, everything he told me, I guess, is really true. So they received Jesus. They're saved. This is where we would say, like, hey, they got saved. <laughs> like, wow. And they received the Holy Spirit. So when you get saved, you receive the Holy Spirit. But the story doesn't end there. In fact, Jesus makes it very clear. In, in some translations, he said there's a command. I command you to do something. In Luke 24, in Luke 24, 49, it says, I will send the fulfillment of the Father's promise to you. So stay here in the city until you are clothed with the mighty power of heaven. Man, this is the fulfillment of the Father's promise. Sending the Holy Spirit, this is the fulfillment. He is the fulfillment. Ah, oh. and how good is Jesus? Jesus is so good. I love this. I, clothed in the mighty power of heaven. So Jesus redeemed the very thing that Adam and Eve lost. Adam and Eve lost their covering. They lost their anointing. They lost this presence that they had. And Jesus comes and says, I'm going to clothe you again. I'm giving you the Holy Spirit. I'm going to clothe you in him. And I'm going to clothe you in power. You are called, you are called to do great things. You are called to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to cast out demons, to do greater things. You have an assignment. You are the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. You are called to do greater things than Jesus. He told us to do it. And man, you get to do it with the Holy Spirit and his power out of relationship. That's not the focus. My focus is on my relationship. Everything else is an overflow. I do everything out of obedience and love. Oh, Jesus. Okay, so, so Jesus told the disciples, wait, wait for me, okay? Wait for me, and then in Acts 2, verses 1, here's the fulfillment. 
Acts 2 verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, and they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as fire, and one sat on each of them, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them utterance. Wow, so this, this, this tongue of fire sat on all 120 people that were in this upper room. And they, get, they began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them language. It's a beautiful representation. It's a, it's, okay, I'm going to go back a little bit. I don't know if I have any gamers in here or you used to be a gamer. I used to be a video gamer. I used to be a video gamer a whole lot. I met... I met my beautiful wife, I got married, and I understood I need to stop doing that in order to cultivate a good relationship. Maybe a word for somebody here tonight. But, okay, so, but I did play a lot of video games, okay. And, you know, in a shooter game, you're running around, and you pick up a weapon, like from a box or something. You pick it up, your character picks it up, and it's just like hovering over your head, right? And you've got this weapon hovering over your head. It doesn't do any good if it's just sitting there. You have to, in the video game, you have to select the weapon, you have to arm the weapon, and you have to use the weapon. I don't know. It just, I don't know. If that helps you, it helps me. You know? And, and yeah, don't, it doesn't mean, I'm not endorsing violence, I'm not endorsing violence through video games. Okay. But I'm saying, you do have a weapon. You have an incredible weapon through the Holy Spirit. And he, man, the Holy Spirit gives us all these gifts. He gives us nine gifts. It's a gift. We get it. We just had an incredible Christmas with all my kids. And we, we had all these gifts out here. And, and all of these gifts were ready. And then morning of Christmas comes. Four little kids, all under the age of six. Can I tell you what my little kids did not do when they walked in the room? They did not look at me and be like, are these for me? Are, am I supposed to open these? Are, are, they didn't look at me like, are you really a good dad? Are, are these safe? Are these okay for me to use? Are, am I supposed, I don't, do I really trust? They weren't looking at me in mistrust. They know me. They know they can trust me. They know I'm not gonna give them something bad. They tore into those things. They were opening, they didn't stop with one gift. They opened every single gift. They're open, I mean, it's a whirlwind. I don't know how we had so much wrapping paper. I'm still throwing away wrapping paper. Man, I don't know. I think it's just like this beautiful picture of how Jesus says, man, you just need to come to me like little children. You need to come to me. You need to come to a good dad who loves you and you need to trust that your good dad is actually good. And he's not gonna give you something bad, he's gonna give you something good. He loves you. Man. So in the book of Acts, so, so, so man, they're, they've activated, they're speaking in tongues, like all of them, and there's, there's all this crowd that have come up, there's this crowd that are listening to everything and hearing different languages, and then, uh, and, and all this incredible stuff is going on. And then in Acts chapter two, Verse 13, it's a small little scripture here that says, others mocking said, they are just full of new wine. They're just drunk. 
I've found that it's very true today that there are still a lot of people mocking the gift of the Holy Spirit, mocking his gifts. And it comes in all different forms and it comes in all different voices. Sometimes there's a voice of disqualification that comes that says you aren't good enough. God isn't good enough. He doesn't really love you enough. You can't really trust him. Sometimes people will get a few words in speaking in tongues, and then this voice comes immediately in and says, how do you know you, you're really doing the right thing? This is silly. You, you should feel silly right now. This isn't right. And that voice comes in and tries to steal the very gift that God has given you. How do you handle that voice? You go back to relationship. If you know you have a good dad, then you can look at Luke 11, 11. Luke 11, 11 says, if a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks of a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, would he give him a, a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So tonight we're going to ask, we're going to ask, I'm going to ask you to engage and to ask. Okay, so, so I'm going to talk to three groups of people right now. First group of people, and, I'm gonna, and at the end I'm going to open the altar and I want, you to, I want you to come down here. And I want you to ask and I want you to receive. So the first group of people, if you're here and you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then I want you to come down here. And I want you to receive him as your Savior, and you're gonna receive some power, you're gonna receive some baptism of the Holy Spirit all at once. Woo! The second group of people, you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit. You, you've loved Jesus, You've loved Jesus, I don't, I don't care how long you've been saved, but you've never had this like stirring up and you've never felt this and, and you don't speak in tongues and you're like, that sounds good, I wanna do that. I believe my God is good, I believe my Father is good and I want that gift, I wanna activate it. You're gonna come down here. And then the third group of people is if you are like me. If you are like me and you've, you've spoken in tongues at some point, you've been baptized and you've just let some stuff go dormant. You've let some, or, or there's some things that you're like, I know there's something more. I'm, there's a gift that I need to activate here tonight. There's, I feel something stirring in me right now. I feel the Holy Spirit stirring and he wants to move in greater amount, greater things in my life, in a greater acceleration Then I want you to come. Okay. Let's go. Come on. Let's go. Let's go. Come on. Everybody stand to your feet, please. Everybody stand to your feet, and if that's you, I want you to come right now. The Holy Spirit is ready. The Holy Spirit loves you. Don't listen to any other voice. Don't listen to pride. Say, someone's going to think I'm just silly. This sounds silly. Don't listen to the voice of pride that is trying to hold you from your breakthrough, that's trying to hold you from receiving something more tonight. Listen to your Father. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Okay, we're gonna receive. The ministry team may come around and pray for you or lay hands from you or do whatever. If you are still in these stands, great. I believe 
that the Holy Spirit, who I serve, has whatever blessing that you need, whatever breakthrough, whatever finances, whatever return to relationship, whatever physical healing, just because you're not here, I want you to receive. I want you to engage. I want, I want it to be a group thing. Okay, okay. We're gonna look at one last scripture and this is how you receive. John 7, 37. John 7, 37. Do we have that one? Maybe. It's okay, I got it if we don't. Okay. On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone, anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Let's keep going. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will, not maybe, will flow rivers of living water. Come on, this is your template. This is how you do. What does it say? You, you're here, you're asking. He says, thirst, be thirsty. You're here, be thirsty, want him. Be thirsty for him. And you're coming to Jesus. I am not baptizing you here right now. I cannot do that. Jesus is the baptizer. Jesus is gonna baptize you. Jesus is gonna fill you. And when you receive, you're gonna flow out. You're gonna just release it. You're just gonna start speaking in tongues. And maybe it's this overflow that happens. Maybe it's something that you have to step out in faith. You have to step out in faith and you have to say, man, that tongue of fire, I've got to come into agreement with it. I've got to make my mouth do some moving and the Holy Spirit's going to come and he's going to give me the language. I'm going to step out in faith and form some syllables and the Holy Spirit's going to give me the language. Okay. All right. I want everybody, close your eyes, open up your heart, open up your hands, open up your everything. And I want you to repeat after me. I want you to repeat after me. I want you to say, Heavenly Father. I want everybody, 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 say it again, Heavenly Father. I come into alignment with your will for my life. I thank you for sending Jesus. I declare that Jesus you are my Lord and Savior. I thank you for forgiving me. I lay all my sin, all my issues at the cross. I thank you for forgiving me. I forgive anyone else. I thank you for the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire through faith. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.